welcome to the First Church Orlando podcast. Here you will find recordings of weekly sermons, devotions, interviews, and seminar recordings from the First United Methodist Church of Orlando. For more information about First Church Orlando, please visit our website at firstchurchorlando.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now, enjoy the podcast. Welcome to today's podcast. Our theme this year's Lenten season is My Story, helping us all to become more aware of the ways our personal faith stories intersect with God's story in Scripture. Throughout the season, we're introducing you to members of our first church family and asking them to tell us a little bit about their stories. My name is Eric Lindborg, and I'm an active member at church and also serve on the First Church Media and Communications Committee. Today, I'm so pleased to introduce you to my very good friends, Rick and Rebecca Sickles, and I'm looking forward to this conversation and hearing their stories. Rick and Rebecca, welcome to the podcast. First, tell us a little bit about yourselves, how you came to be a member, and the ways that you're both involved at the church. (laughs) No, ladies first. Well, this is Rebecca. And um, how Rick and I joined uh, First Church in 2012. We had been members of uh, another church, a Presbyterian church. I had been, I've raised Presbyterian from uh, birth. But, uh, and we hadn't been super active in our activities. But uh, when we started a search, uh, one of the places that Rick was particularly drawn to was this church and um, someone had invited him to consider the uh, Jesus historical Jesus class or the John Richard teaches and uh, so he was very impressed and he felt welcomed (laughs) by John and welcomed by that group and um, it was really important for me for Rick to feel comfortable and, and happy I think most of our life church life he's like followed me around and uh, maybe was not 100% with the church activities where we were. So uh, it was good to follow his lead this time. And we had lots of friends there. And I think the Methodist church and the Presbyterian church are not that far apart. They never were in my small town anyway. We even had, you know, PMYF, Presbyterian Methodist Youth Fellowship. So I just thought they were like cousins. And so it was an easy um, move. And uh Tom McClowski, the pastor, like remembering our names after (laughs) one week. And I was like blown away. I was like, wow. And then um, it was a good place for Elizabeth, very accessible and welcoming for um, handicapped individuals. And so then with the new class put in with everyone being so welcoming to us and like we're so special just for coming there and visiting. it, it was kind of a slam dunk and easy entry and very welcoming from the beginning. So that's what brought us to our church. I think that's the question. That's awesome. Yeah. No, it is. It is. And I, it, I'll share a little bit of mine because uh, it's, it's similar, right. but Rick, I'd love to hear from you. And, and it's, it's awesome to see in a, a marriage dynamic where uh, oftentimes, at least in my experience, I'm sort of following Shannon to the, the next church Um uh, but but in in this case to see you uh, get connected so early and and sort of lead that um, entry into the church it's an awesome awesome to hear so so what what drew you there Rick? Well, actually, we're you know it's funny how you network and things 
one thing leads to another. Uh, I do believe the Lord opens doors and you have a choice to walk through them. But I think you need to know, and I think you do know this, that we're members of uh, First Church partly because of you, Eric. <laughs> Uh, when I worked for you at AT&T Bell South for 10 years, one day in your office, you told me about a project called iDignity and what it did and what, what happened every month. And I said, well, I'd like to find out more about that. And you invited me down one, uh, one of the monthly meetings and I was hooked. And uh, at lunch one day uh, at iDignity, uh, you, I met Tom, the, uh, help me with his last name, the uh, Episcopal member of the Episcopal Church down, down the street. He was... Uh, Tom Bates? Bates, that's right. Yeah. Um, and I told him about our search for a new church, and he listened to a little bit about my background and my journey, which began with a Unitarian Church as a child. And then came up and then started to follow my wife uh, through the Presbyterian churches. And he said, you need to talk and listen to John, Rich, uh, John Richard's historical Jesus class. I did. And uh, I think Becca's uh, done a good job of, of uh, connecting the dots to where we are now. The, the new class um, celebrates its 50th anniversary this year. And it was started by folks like Jim Pugh, who I know you know, um, um, the many folks that uh, started with the idea of having something other than a classical Bible study, but instead a search for justice. And the new class is not N-E-W, as you know, it's N-U. It's the Greek word, or the Greek letter which is um, at the center of the Greek alphabet. Mm. Many people believe that uh, it was named the new class because we want to look at both directions, to the right and to the left. Having said that, uh, most of us look to the left. <laughs> and uh, a very progressive group of mostly senior folks, but we, we truly love each other. And then the folks that are outside of the new class in, in uh, in First Church, we love them also, and we just feel like we're family. Mm. You know, there was, um, I'd say, probably two or three things that drew Shannon and I to the church, and um, the the first one, which to to us became immediately obvious, and and Tom McCloskey remembering y'all's name on the first visit was, you know, a great example. You know, we felt welcomed immediately but not only did we feel welcomed immediately so did everyone else regardless of faith background um, lifestyle whatever it is you know our church welcomes and loves everyone and um, that was huge and you know I I can't really go into it on this interview because we we don't have enough time but my mom came to first church basically for the same reason. Um, she felt welcomed and loved. And uh, because of that, you know, I will always be grateful um, to the church and, and still am. But the other one that uh, attracted me was the fact that this was sort of an intellectual church. Um, 
I, I've, you know, been a Christian since birth or baptism, essentially. And, and growing up, you, you always sort of wonder whether it's at Sunday school or otherwise, what is safe to say and what's not safe to say and what's this, you know, and what I found in our church is you can say anything you want if you if you want to have an intellectual discussion about it and, and no one's going to to judge you. So um, totally. Uh, I, you're absolutely right. We feel the same way. Uh, Gene Zimmerman and uh, is one of our very favorite people and uh, former uh, senior pastor at a church and a member of the new class with his wife, Emily Ann. He said it well to me once, talking about the church across the street. And he, you, it, it could be a generic church across the street. Mm-hmm. Okay, he was talking about our church across the street, where we came from. He said, that church has all the answers. Our church has all the questions. Oh, man, that's awesome. And I'll never forget that as long as I live, because he was so right. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think you have all the answers then you, you really need to read the Bible again. Amen. Amen. Yeah, no, it's, um, it, it is a, it is a wonderful place and we're, we're so fortunate and thank you guys for sharing. Um, let's talk a little bit about if you, if you're okay with it, sort of your, your spiritual journey and, um, either one of you can go first. Um, but, but where did your spiritual journey begin in life? Well, as I said, I oh, I grew up uh, well in the cradle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, you know, I was baptized as a uh, my uh, as an infant and in the Presbyterian Church in small town Alabama. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mother was a Sunday school teacher, so it was just part of my life growing up. Uh, getting up on Sunday morning, going to Sunday school. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mother was often a teacher, sometimes my teacher, and um, very active in the youth group now a small town not as big our groups as we have here at first church and uh it could be five people in a class or so in in youth days um just for fellowship and fun and uh camps in the summer and uh i i you know was like very respectful i remember the choir and stuff like this uh and involved in um like district wide we, we call them presbyteries but in those kind of activities and youth development and so forth. And so in those situations, you have lots of like, I call them mountaintop experiences Mm. where you see other people from different uh, locations, like within the same state or same, you know, uh, region and um, young pastors, different, you know, uh, leadership styles and Mm. so So, um, and then I went off to Presbyterian affiliated college. Um, so, oh, back to the youth days. I was the type of uh, um, church member who, like, I got my five-year perfect attendance pin and that kind of thing. <laughs> so, so anyway, then as young as young adults, it, well, actually in college, and then later, I wasn't as actively involved in church life. And then um, our first date was at a Presbyterian <laughs> meeting. Now that's true. That's true. I told you, Rick followed me around. He yeah, followed well me played, around. Rick. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I, and then throughout um, my life with the church, there have of course been different experiences. 
from um, just specific things like you know weddings or, or mm. funerals or or youth experiences gave me a great foundation and kept me close to God and uh, uh, that's yeah. how it kind of all began and so I can't say Bing this was the time yeah there are a lot of Bing times and uh, deep studies more recently with things like um, adult Bible. well college experience was good too because I took a couple of Bible classes uh, for, with co- open progressive kind of concepts at Agnes Scott, at, at Agnes Scott. Mm. and that was good um, and, and here at First Church there's so many opportunities for sp- plugging into spiritual development and receiving it at whatever level you feel you are and like you said freedom to ask questions uh, you said that so well about you wonder how much you can say mm-hmm. and then you realize that other Christians are thinking the same thing you are questioning or wondering how does this work or what does this really mean for my life today so yeah I think I've strayed away from the original question but you, um, you <laughs> did great you did great and I'm so glad you shared it because I you know I certainly can relate directly to your spiritual journey um, including um, the mountaintop experiences, which I had in, in youth choir and retreats. And, um, you know, and it, and it sort of forms this, at least in my experience, this sort of linear journey that it does take these ups and downs, but somehow God always has a way through those experiences to sort of prop you back up to where you were going. Um, because I had a similar experience in college. I was not particularly active um, in college, but you know, through the grace of God, I, you know, came back. Um, so, yeah, I think a lot of us can relate to your story, Rebecca. Rick, how about yours? What's your, what did your journey look like? Yeah, we, we, we moved to Orlando from Pittsburgh. I was three years old. And uh, College Park was mostly an orange grove. But there was a Methodist church, College Park, which is still there. And that, my, my memory is that that was the first church we went to. So we've come full circle. Um, my parents had uh, a mountaintop experience with a, a gentleman named uh, Carruthers who uh, led an organization of theology called uh, uh, Theological Science. Mm. And there was some uh, aha moments that my parents, who were very classic <clears throat> uh, religious um, uh, my dad was a choir boy in the Episcopal Church. My mom was very uh, centered in the Presbyterian Church in Pittsburgh. And they started questioning. And uh, the new class hadn't come along yet. <laughs> ended up at uh, the Unitarian Church down in Robinson, which is mm-hmm. still there also. And that's where my formative education was in as a you know, as a young person uh, before becoming a teenager. And then, like many teenagers, uh, I went about uh, chasing footballs and girls and <laughs> came back uh, with, when you have children, uh, I, you know, I think you have a, a responsibility, you feel a responsibility today for them to have a good foundation. And, um, you know, that's certainly what brought us back and, uh, and um, 
I, you know, Becca is still there stand for on the rest. Yeah. So um, you all, as a as a married couple, um, you know, are an inspiration to, to many of us, and um, I, I'm I'm curious um, what role Christ and your faith has played in your marriage, and uh, what what I would say is a a wonderful marriage. So tell us a little bit about that. I'm not prepared for that question, but let's see. Um, well, then I'll take it. <laughs> I think that um, any marriage, at least in my opinion, is going to have its highs and its lows. <clears throat> and <clears throat> the highs are easy. <clears throat> it's the low points where your faith really, I think, to me, it really means something. And I think Becca would agree. It means more that you have in the knowledge that you're, you're on this earth uh, from the grace of God, and you need to find ways to compromise, ways to find happiness, ways to reconcile. And I think your faith has a lot to do with that. Amen. Completely agree. Rick says something that made me think and uh, about, well, about the lows. Um, our, both of our children are adopted and um elizabeth was our second and uh when she was just a, a tiny infant we adopted her when she was three weeks old mm -hmm. um she was premature and it was kind of clear that there were some differences at first i thought just her prematurity and then eventually uh, uh diagnosed 10 months later at uh, as, as cerebral palsy which we were kind of relieved to have that diagnosis and, and move forward with uh, interventions and so forth. But right. back to when she was a baby and I was not sure of what was going on <laughs> or what we were in for. Um, my nights, quiet nights alone with her in a rocker, um, I'll, I still have two songs that I you know, mm. sing to myself when I have these moments of, of grief or looking into the unknown. And it's, um, is these are Billy Graham crusade songs. It's like, I believe, you know, I, what, what I believe. And then uh, when you, when you walk through a storm, hold your chin up high. So those songs are like so precious to me because they kind of uh, gave me a connection with God and just unknowns and, you know, being brave. And so, you know, that, that wasn't about us directly, but it's about our, our marriage and so forth. And, um, and one other thing I want to say, too, about following people to different churches. So, Rick, Rick, I wanted to respect Rick's background in the Unitarian Church. And so I did go here to the Unitarian Church and, and that participated in just their worship, not really a lot of involvement. But I remember coming back and just feeling, and I had to be honest with Rick and saying, you know, how I respected what was happening and what was yeah. being said in some of that philosophy or theology. Um, but it was just so hard for me to really commit to participation mm. in worship services when um, Jesus was not the central right. focus of that church experience and worship experience. So he understood that and uh, we moved forward. Mm. I'm glad we did. I'm glad we did. It is a journey. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> it is. Thank you for both for sharing. So we'll we'll end on a couple of uh, 
fun questions. Um, so, so first, you know, what are each of your favorite things about God? <laughs> I'll start. I, I don't know if I'm ready for that question, but that's, it's like, well, yeah, I can think in terms of the Trinity and uh, the Holy Spirit. So I think these are some things I just remember echoing from my years past. I feel like the Holy Spirit is part of me. I mean, it's, it's like part of me, but and apart from me. And um, it, I can have conversations with my holy, my holy spirit and, uh, and just be frank and honest and sad and happy and joyful and questioning and cry and laugh and question. So you like, you were talking about those questions. It's like now, so I could be sitting somewhere and I would say, okay, but I can talk to my holy spirit about my questions. And so it's like, it, it's a personal uh, connection with God. And so all of the other, the Bible studies, the study of the life of Jesus, the concepts of God, whether creators, uh, however, come through to me through the Holy Spirit. And that's my favorite thing about God is it's, he's, he, she is, yep. it's my God and uh, it connects me and there's part of me that's part of that that connects with everybody else. And it's pretty wonderful. Fun. Fun Beautifully said. <laughs> Beautifully uh, said. Rick, what about you? I, I go to sleep every night saying the prayer, which I've said uh, my parents taught me as a child. And it goes something like this. Thank you, Father. I know that you hear me and care for me always in all my ways. Amen. Mm. And I'm finding out that... Uh, that probably is a very close uh, paraphrasing of uh, of a verse that we're studying now uh, at John uh, verse 11 or um, chapter 11 that we're reading as part of another church uh, project. <laughs> but that to me is fun, mm. especially when I'm not feeling well. Let's say I'm sick or uh, can't sleep. Uh, I'll say that prayer more than once and just thank him. Yes. And by thanking him, everything else is okay. So that's one of the fun things I think about having, uh, having a belief in a higher power and uh, having a spiritual uh a spiritual life with a spiritual friend. Beautiful. You both both mentioned um, the personal aspect of the relationship, the the ever present aspect of a, the relationship, and the grace um, and the gratitude. And um, I think it's it's beautifully said. And it's uh, again, this is not conversation is not about me, but I will say that that resonates perfectly with me. It's the, the constant loving, understanding, non-judgmental, um, companion in life. Um, so anyway, it's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. So the last one, and there's many in our church and around us, uh, but who, who would be a spiritual hero of each of you? A person. Uh, for me, it's uh, John Richard. I've never met a, 
a man or a woman who knew more about Jesus Christ mm. and who loved, who loves Jesus Christ more than me. And uh, a lot of people don't, don't know that. Uh, they think that because he looks at Jesus Christ as a historical figure, and I've never met anyone who tries as hard as he to follow the life of Jesus mm. and to remind us that he walked on this earth. Whether you believe him to be a supernatural power or not, it doesn't matter. Just follow what he did and what others purported him to do is a, a journey that uh, none of us can do, but it's nice to try. Well, I will tell you that, that John is uh, beloved because the conversations I've had the privilege of having doing these interviews, he comes up every time. Uh, and, yeah, and just um, in, in incredible ways, like you said, not just his his devotion and the investment he's made in the research, but his genuine heart for, for Jesus and the love. Um, so I'm really glad you you shared that um, not all of us have had the opportunity to, to spend time with John and we should all seek him out. Rebecca, what about you? Who's a um, hero? Well, yeah. currently I would say, I, and generically I say our pa my, my pastors. I could go back you know, from the beginning to talk about some significant things and I, I'll say Vance frames right now because um, Emily too, of course, but Vance, he's our lead pastor. But pastors are, he is online. I feel like he's like online with God, um, tuned in, um, well, 100% of the time. And I, I think we all are to a certain extent, but he is like there for you. And he's, you know, from his routines in the, in the morning until nighttime. He's, um, I've had the privilege of being on staff parish relations committees, so I've heard some more personal discussions mm -hmm. and so forth that he's given. And, um, and there to explain and uh, catch you when you fall or help you understand something that you might not, or just looking at lifestyles of uh, priorities in life and importance of relationships. And so I think he's a model of, you know, what, um, he, he preaches. He's a, he's a mortal man, of course, and I'm sure makes mistakes, and I'm sure his wife would have things to say, but, but I, I look to him as a spiritual leader, and his, um, I've never done as many much formal Bible study, because I've, like, wanted to, like, I don't know, I've done lots of reading and studying, but as far as with a person, and his Bible study, from the Old Testament, and now I'm looking forward to the New Testament, is like, I don't know, it's a little bit life-changing. He makes the Bible actually really come alive, not just the historical document or the basis of what we think, but it's like the stories, you can relate them to today's world. And to do that from creation through the stories of the Old Testament, I don't know, it was, uh, it's, it's been a wonderful thing. So he's, he's, he's a spiritual hero for me. Well, thank you for sharing that. I feel the same way, and I'm, I know that he will be encouraged when he hears this because it uh, probably goes without saying it's a very difficult job on the best of occasions, and 
leading our church through this post-pandemic phase. Um, I believe he's done a remarkable job. And, and I, like you, went through the Old Testament study and have signed up for the New Testament study. So those of you listening, go sign up. They're wonderful. Um, Wednesday night? No, it's different times. Different mine, time. mine is Tuesday morning at 11. I'm sure Eric probably has a time that fits in with his work. Mine is Wednesday evening. And um, I think there's three different options. Yeah. So check it right. out. But um, no, I, I love Vance's uh, intellect, but also his his caring heart, but also um, his history in our church. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I think many of us heard him preach one of his first Sundays saying, or he, where he put his big foot down and said, I'm going to retire here. And uh, yeah. we, we, we all smiled and applauded. Um, so we are, we are truly blessed. It's great to have a, a pastor who, who, who grew up in our church and he grew up in our church at the age of 20 something mm -hmm. so he, when he got the calling sitting next to Kelly uh, that that uh, that that does add so much value to to the pastor having begun his journey with God in our church yeah it's uh, you know what a perfect perfect way to end this discussion because we started off talking about how our lives intersect with God's story and Vance's story, as you just articulated, Rick, is, is exactly that. He was, he was called into our church in his twenties and, and look where we are today. And God, you know, placed him here at this time, um, to, to, to get us through this and to, to get us, um, where God is going to take us in our church. Right. Well, this has been a delight. Thank you both so much. Thank you, Eric. Thank you. Thank you. It's <laughs> I, feel, I feel like you're a little bit like uh, Edward R. Murrow uh, <laughs> coming into our living room. <laughs> good, night, good night and good luck. Yeah, good night and good luck. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed the podcast and that you will listen again in the future. If you enjoyed today's message, we hope you'll subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform and share it with others on social media. For more information about First Church Orlando, please visit our website at firstchurchorlando.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If this podcast is a valuable resource to you, we invite you to give to this ministry by making a financial contribution at firstchurchorlando.org forward slash give. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.